Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Happy Friday Eve. Another day, another day in the impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump. We will today throughout the program, uh, we'll keep tabs on what's going on on the floor of the Senate. Uh, Try not to take too much time away from the regularly scheduled program, but uh, as things develop, you can hear them here on Live Mike. What's going on right now, they are in the midst of a recess. A break has been taken. The senators and their staff have gathered outside the the chamber. And right now I've got uh, a few cameras looking in the various hallways leading to the Senate chamber. I've seen the senators and staffers kind of trickle back into uh, the chamber for the House impeachment managers to wrap up their case against uh, former President Donald Trump. Now, timeline going forward, what do we have to uh, expect? If the House impeachment managers uh, wrap up in the near future, there is a chance, there is a chance that the defense could commence its arguments uh, today. Failing that, the likelihood is that tomorrow uh, at 10 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time, we will see the commencement of the defense attorneys working on the part of uh, former President Donald Trump uh, present their defense. Why is it that uh, President Donald Trump is not guilty of the article of impeachment uh, passed in the House against him, that of inciting uh, uh, an insurrection. Uh, So we'll have to see uh, what the defense has to bring. That, again, uh, the attorneys Castor and Schoen to present that case uh, either later this afternoon and evening or tomorrow. Whatever happens, you can count on hearing it right here on KSL News Radio. All right. Uh, I, I want to stay on the topic of the president, but President Donald Trump, that is, the former president. Uh, but I want to shift gears a bit. There has been talk for some time, well before he even left office, about some of his dealings and the the illegality of them. All, all speculative, of course, right? Everyone is uh, entitled to you know a fair and proper treatment by the justice system, and uh, no charges have been filed or anything like that against the president outside of uh, this impeachment trial here. But there is uh, something right now taking place in Georgia. Uh, In Georgia, a letter has uh, been drafted by a Georgia prosecutor sent to various other individuals within the Georgia government. Why? Well, if you can remember, there was a phone call placed between uh, President Donald Trump and uh, an official, the attorney, or the the secretary of state in uh, Georgia, a gentleman named Brad Raffensperger. You remember him? Uh, and there was a, an hour long phone call. Here, let me. Uh, I'll let to Aaron Katursky with ABC News summarize. 
Brad, what are we going to do? On January 2nd, then-President Trump called Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and asked him to find enough votes to overturn Joe Biden's victory in the state. I think you have to say that you're going to re-examine it. The call may have violated several state laws. Raffensperger has begun an administrative inquiry, and now Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has asked him to preserve documents for a criminal investigation into attempts to influence the election. Georgia is now the second state after New York in which the former president faces criminal exposure. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. That individual, the district attorney of uh, Fulton County in uh, Georgia, the district attorney, uh, Tammy Willis, that, or Fannie Willis, rather, that development is what is new. What has happened is uh, the district attorney there has delivered a letter via hand delivery, uh, according to her office, to uh, various Georgian officials, uh, including the, the governor, the secretary of state, uh, the attorney general and the U.S. attorney's office for the Northern District of Georgia. And that letter contains within it uh, really two things. Number one, it's an explanation for why it's the district attorney writing. And it is because all of those other offices that I just listed have had contact with uh, the either the pre- former president of the United States, Donald Trump, or members of his campaign. Thus, in effect, disqualifying them from investigating uh, allegations of wrongdoing themselves. The only or one of the only uh, agencies or offices which has not had contact or didn't have contact during the campaign by the Trump campaign is the district attorney's office. And so she uh, is asking that all of those offices just listed that they hold on to all records Uh, potentially related to the administration of the 2020 general election. She says, uh, quote, that those documents must be preserved with particular care being given to set aside and preserve those that may be evidence of attempts to influence the actions of persons who were administrating the uh, administering rather the election. Please remind your staff. She goes on. Please remind your staff that it is a crime under Georgia law to destroy records created or received in the performance of government duty other than through operation of an approved retention schedule. Should any retention schedule in your office dictate that relevant records be destroyed before being provided to my office, please suspend that schedule regarding such records immediately. What that means is, and this is sort of common practice in government offices, they periodically will purge uh, records. Periodically they will uh, dispose of uh, you know, unneeded uh, or unwanted or irrelevant uh, documents or files, uh, you know, that uh, an effort to save space, uh, conform with certain laws and rules, uh, and also just to be tidy. Uh, but <clears throat> what's going on now is, uh, for the first time, uh, New York as well, I believe, is, is sniffing around here that uh, a an office has put a stake in the ground saying that an investigation is underway. Now, this is not to say that charges have been filed, by no means. In fact, there aren't even charges or suspicion of any specific charges alleged here against former President Donald Trump for that phone call uh, that took place on January 2nd between then-President Trump and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. But then I, I have a question for you then, and it is, should these types of exercises go on? Should uh, the the former president and his campaign uh, be I- investigated for this type of uh, behavior? 
Now, I'm not saying that we should ever look the other way when it comes to criminality, uh, but if the objective was to mess with the election, if the objective was to uh, entice a public official to uh, do something uh, against what was the will of the voters, is there an ultimate test at the end when the voters themselves cast their ballots uh, for now President Joe Biden, and that ultimately is the man who became the president? Otherwise, are we spending taxpayer money uh, going back in time and relitigating the past? Now, I, I, I know that justice must be served. Justice must be done. Absolutely, 100%. And there is much on the phone call between then-President Trump and Secretary of State Raffensperger of Georgia that is uh, troubling. I mean, Look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. What do you think? As you are reminded of this, and honestly, I had, I had forgotten about this. I had forgotten that this phone call even took place. And yet here we are again today uh, discussing it anew. You might be thinking to yourself as you listen, oh, my gosh, that's right. That happened. That was an hour long. Uh, I remember I was standing in the kitchen uh, of my home doing the dishes when I listened to that hour long uh, telephone call. And, and it was it, it was a mess. Right. It was no good. And what did I do? As I stood there, I dried my hands from the soap in the sink, uh, but then started texting uh, various public officials, both Democrats, Republicans, and otherwise, asking them, what do you think about this? Am I I missing something? Is this going to turn into a a politically divided reaction? And you know what? The responses I got back were no. It was universally condemned as no good. The question today is, Was it so far into the no good category that an investigation and taxpayer money and the time of public officials in Georgia and elsewhere, is it worth pursuing an investigation? I want to hear from you. 575-8255 is the number. KSL Talk, 801 KSL Talk. Get on the phone. Let me know. Should this investigation go forward or is it time to move on? Let me know. Your call's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back. As you just heard, Maria Chaleos reporting. The House managers have reconvened after a brief recess. Uh, at the microphone now is Texas Democrat Representative Joaquin Castro, one of the House impeachment man- managers, uh, making his case for why former President Donald Trump ought to be convicted in the Senate. This will go on for uncertain exactly, but at some point today, the House managers will wrap up their uh, attempt to uh, you know, persuade a sufficient number of senators to vote to convict the president. And either later this afternoon, evening or tomorrow, the defense team led by attorney Bruce Castor Jr. will take to uh, the stand and make their case in defense of the president and make the case as to why he ought be acquitted of the impeachment charge against him sent over by the House of Representatives. One thing we we do, well, I shouldn't say we know it, but uh, it has been whispered about uh, among staffers and reporters in Washington uh, today, and it is that the expectation on the part of the defense is that they will not take more than the eight hours available tomorrow. 
And so what does that mean? Well, we could very well, by the end of this week, have this whole impeachment trial wrapped up. If everything goes quickly, if the defense goes smoothly, if there are no witnesses called, and if debate uh, is limited to you know some number less than all the senators, we could, by the end of this week, uh, know the officially the outcome of this impeachment trial. Uh, but we'll get back to that later. Right now, we're talking about another case uh, against, well, I shouldn't even call it a case. There is an investigation into election wrongdoing by a district attorney in the state of Georgia. A letter has been sent to various government offices in the state of Georgia. You'll remember it was Georgia where uh, President Donald Trump, then President Donald Trump on January 2nd, called the Georgia Secretary of State, a gentleman named Brad uh, Raffensperger, and asked him to find enough votes to overturn Joe Biden's uh, uh, victory. Remember that was uh, President Trump saying, find me the votes, find me the votes? My question is, and honestly, I don't know what the right answer is. So if you're listening to me and you think, oh, Lee, you think blah, 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 or oh, you think that. No, I, I genuinely don't know what the right answer is here. And so I've opened the phone lines to you. Should... Should this district attorney's office and any other office considering investigating uh, the behavior of the Trump or the Trump election team uh, during this chapter of history, uh, should they spend the time and the resources, the taxpayer resources in uh, digging into this? At the end of the day, uh, Trump's out of office and uh, it is President Joe Biden right now residing at 1600 Pennsylvania. Is that sufficient justice uh, for the, this behavior? Or or is it a question of, listen, regardless of any uh, extenuating circumstances or any other outcomes, uh, should we pursue justice to its fullest? Let's go to the phones. Uh, we'll start uh, with Spencer. Spencer joins us from Draper. Welcome to the program, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. T- tell me what you think about this deal. Sh- should investigations like this, and specifically the one in Georgia, uh, go forward? Sorry, you cut out a little bit there. Uh, my, my question is, looking at this new letter sent by a district attorney in Georgia announcing an investigation into uh, election misdeeds uh, or alleged and suspe- uh, suspected misdeeds, should that, of course, referring to President Trump and the phone call he had with the Secretary of State there in Georgia, should investigations like that go forward? Should this should we be spending taxpayer resources on an investigation like this with the president uh, out of office and whatever efforts he was undertaking uh, were ultimately unsuccessful because we've got Joe Biden in the White House right now? simple answer that I have for something like that is I believe that everybody should be held accountable to their actions, regardless whether they're good or bad. And for somebody to do the things that they have done or their, uh, for lack of a better term, the way that they present themselves um, to others and how they are perceived by others, I do believe that that is something that needs to be held accountable. Me being bullied most of my life, uh, I did have a lot of people that were not held accountable just because it was, well, boys will be boys. And mm. that's that's a horrible argument back to those people that suffer or anybody that suffers by the hand of somebody who uh, is guilty of misdoings. I, I believe that people that have had moments in their life where they have treated others with disrespect. They need to be held accountable regardless of when it took place or how severe it may have been. 
Um, whatever that justice does look like, though. And that philosophy of yours translates also into uh, this uh, this suspected uh, election fraud. Yeah, agreed. And I, with the election, I, I honestly don't like to stand on either side of the aisle. I like to take a step back and a fresh breath of being able to see from both sides. I will switch radio stations just so that I can hear um, one side of the aisle versus the other side of the aisle so I can get a clear perspective of who is perceiving what and how are they perceiving it and what is it that they are talking about and how are they talking about it. Is what they are talking about defensive and is what their defense actually makes sense or is it no, we have nothing to do here. There, there's nothing wrong here. Just keep walking, move along, move along. We don't need to see this. Yeah. Well, I'm honored you choose to listen to this radio program at this time of day. Uh, you, you said something interesting, which I think is an attitude that's not held by too many people, and it is that uh, you don't find yourself on either side of the aisle. If you don't mind me uh, intruding on your politics today, uh, as you watch the proceedings in the United States Senate transpire over the past few days, uh, is your mind made up there? If you were a senator, would you know how you'd be casting your vote already? If I were a senator, um, I, I, I would want to say that my mind was somewhat made up, but even now, with the mountain of evidence that has been shown by Democrats, I, I do believe that it is swayed even more towards the direction of conviction. And I say that because regardless of whatever happened or whatever the argument's sake is, I saw people all around my workplace staring at a TV the same way that I saw people during 9-11. Mm-hmm. Everybody in silence staring at a TV, being completely shocked by what was taking place. And if someone was behind that, that person needs to be brought to justice. And that's that's just my two cents. I don't believe that anyone should ever have to go through what those senators had to go through that day, especially Mitt Romney earlier that day with his, his, uh, his flight from Utah. Yeah. Being in Utah, yeah, I, I feel bad that there are some people that feel it so necessary to yeah. confront a senator like that and demonize him. Yeah. Listen, Spencer, thank you. Thank you for your call. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and views on on both of these topics, the investigation of Georgia and uh, the impeachment we stumbled into. And you bring up an interesting point uh, comparing the the experience of those watching the television, watching the events unfold at the Capitol building on January 6th to the events of September 11th and the way we stood around together, just like we may have on the 6th of uh, January this year, have stood together and watched the television screens on September 11th. Does the immensity of the emotion change the culpability of uh, the person accused? I I don't know. That's certainly the tactic being employed by uh, the Democrat impeachment managers today and yesterday to remind folks of the emotions they felt that day. How do you feel? 57500, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Quick break, and we're talking about doing chores around the house next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and 
get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.